So uh, I reckon we're fed up with bad news stories, aren't we? Um, over this past year, I've been involved in, a, uh, in overseeing a, a building project for our office, and it's been uh, disastrously delayed. And it's, it's proved to be a sort of metaphor for this year for me. You know, a massively delayed building project, delayed by Brexit, by COVID, you know, that daily litany of numbers newly infected, the ever-growing tally of deaths. It's been delayed by the weather, climate change, uh, delayed by supply chains, lorry drivers, manufacturing. I mean, what a year we've had. And now there's sleaze to add to that to party or not to party? That is the number 10 question. Even the royal family, I mean, they've been under the cosh this year. I mean, things really are bad when it's bad for them as well. It feels like a, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but a sort of seeping sludge of bad news covering everything, like the mud that's left after a flood. No wonder we're all feeling frazzled Work seems harder than usual. Family is enough, enough, you cry. Give us some good news for a change because boy, we need it, don't we? Somehow the nostalgia of Christmas doesn't seem enough this year even. You know, to dream about a white Christmas, to park ourselves in front of the telly for that Boxing Day gloopy movie, bit drugged up on quality street and brandy butter to ho 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 at the world you know i love escape as much as the next man but disney just doesn't seem to cut it this year i need some real some genuine good news right you know the christmas story of course you do so you know it's supposed to be good news right According to the angels, I don't know if you've got one of these little books near you, but if you uh, turn to page eight in here, and uh, on page eight and uh, down at little number 10, towards the bottom of page eight, you'll see the, the angels trumpeting it to the, the shepherds say, behold, I bring you good news. Great joy for all the people. Yes. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Please really let me today, just for 10 minutes, to try to persuade you that the Christmas story really is good news. It really is the good news that we need at the end of 2021. So here's the first thing that the Bible tells us, that this particular event in history changes all history. That phrase, good news, has got a particular meaning. Back in the first century, uh, we've dug up, well, I say we, archaeologists have dug up uh, an inscription from way back about the birth of, well, the person who was to become the Roman Emperor Augustus. And what they've dug up is an inscription carved on ancient stone that uses that same word, good news or gospel. And it says that his birth, the birth of Augustus, was like the start of a new era, the kingdom of Augustus, peace and salvation for his people. 
even a new calendar system to mark his birth. So when this bit of the Bible talks about good news, it doesn't just mean good news like my wife is going to have a baby. By the way, that, that wouldn't be good news, not for me at my age. So it doesn't mean that kind of thing. It means good news like a whole new era. And it begins right now. It, it, it's a bit like, you know, a wedding marks the new era where person changes from being a bachelor to being a married man or the first baby changes a couple to a family. Everything changes. And that's what the angels are saying. Look, something big is happening. Really big. Something has changed that changes things, not just for one family, but for all history. But I wonder if you noticed, Joel mentioned it just now, but I wonder if you noticed how those readings began. It begins with dates. It's the year of the census. It's the time when Quirinius was governor. I mean, those things don't mean much to us, but those details mean this is a particular event at a particular moment in real history. And the writer wants that clear. This is history, right? And it's today, say the angels, a particular day, this day, something happened, something changed, something so big, so momentous, so fantastic, something so incredible. You need to know that it really did happen in history, for real. A particular event in history that changes all history. Actually, if you grasp the size of this, then you're beginning to get a handle on the Christian claim. Miracles, the virgin birth, the resurrection, they, they all flow from the belief that the baby in the manger was the God-man, God in flesh. It was God looking at this tiny, screwed-up golf ball of a planet in some far-flung corner of the universe. And he did something so huge, so universe-transforming that it makes sense of everything else in the Bible, and it changes all of history ever since. That, if you like, is the what of Christmas, a particular event in history that changes history. Here's the second thing. That this happened at a particular place in the world that changes all the world. And I say that because the location matters as well. You know, there was a place, and if you've been in this place, on that day you'd have seen this stuff. There, in the royal city, we're told, that the place where kings come from, that's where. Notice, not in the capital city, not in a palace, not on the pages of Hello magazine at all, but in the place that kings come from, a royal place, from there comes this good news that is for all people. That's trumpeted as well. For all, for everybody. And that means for regular guys, right? <laughs> ordinary people doing their ordinary work, shepherds, delivery drivers, lawyers, creatives, people like you today making their living and into their world like a, like a flash of light breaks something 
momentous. I mean, it is so big that God sends the choir along as well. It happens there and then, but it is for everybody forever. A particular place in the world that changes all the world. And I hope you can see what this implies. It's that God doesn't have favorites. He doesn't operate one system for some and another system for everybody else. God isn't flattered or bribed or partial. This is the who of Christmas, if you like. It's something, this, this good news, this start of a whole new era for everyone. Yeah, it happened in a particular place in the world, but it changes all the world. And here's the third thing I want to say, that it's about someone, thirdly, a particular tiny baby that changes everything. Look down again to sentence number 11 on page eight. And you'll see that what they say is that this good news is about a savior who is Christ the Lord, a savior king. The crucial significance of this cradle, this rough eating trough at Bethlehem, is its place in a sequence, a whole sequence of downward steps from the comfortableness of heaven all the way to the cruel cross of Calvary. If you like, from glory to gory. And we don't understand this momentous scene, this Christmas event, unless we ask, where actually was Jesus headed on this downward journey? Or if you like, what did Jesus do when he grew up? The king, uh, that's what Christ means. It's another way of saying your majesty. The king, well, what do the angels say about him? What's the good news about this tiny baby king? Unto you is born, they say, a savior. Jesus, Lord and king of this world, came to save it. That, that's what Jesus did when he grew up. I wonder why you think the world is so dark, why, why it's messed up. What's your explanation for bad news this year? Do you think that all the problems are out there or do you think it's just possible that some of the problems are in here? I mean, not just me, <laughs> but in all of us. The man who wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Robert Louis Stevenson, he recognized that he was both Jekyll and Hyde the good and the evil, they were both inside him. And the world is like it is because people live here. People like us who do extraordinary acts of kindness and also terrible acts of malevolence, sins. And not just towards one another, but even more significantly against God. See, it's an uncomfortable truth, but a true truth that at Christmas, God says, you have wronged me, you need a savior, and I'm gonna send him to save you. I have a friend who uh, spent his gap year in East Africa. And uh, one day for a day off, he and a group of his friends who he was doing the gap year with, they went to the beach, it was a very hot day, and he found himself lying on a lilo in the shallow water and dozing. 
He woke up suddenly realizing how quiet it was all around him and realized that he had drifted right out to sea on his lilo. And as he looked around, he couldn't see anybody or anything in any direction. He was right in the, on his own in the middle of the sea. Drifted way out into the Indian Ocean and there was nothing on the horizon. And he, he tells the story, you, you can tell it's got a happy ending, so it's gonna be all right. But he, he tells the story, he's lying there and thinking, what should he do? I could swim, but he knew there were sharks in the water. I could wait, but what if nobody comes? And he had this terrible dilemma. And he, he says he lay there for 45 minutes. That is a long time, right? 45 minutes thinking, this is the end of my life. It's all over. And there was nothing he could do about it unless somebody came to help him. And fortunately, somebody did. His friends had noticed that he drifted away. They'd alerted somebody in a lifeboat had come out. Now, do you see what this is saying? That Jesus came as a savior, as a searching lifeboat like that, to rescue us, to save us from what we do, to save us from what it is that makes our world as dark as it is, so full of bad news, what makes our future seem dark. And that's why a particular tiny baby changes everything. He is the savior we need. Now that is why Christmas is good news. I mean, it really is good news. One particular moment in history, but it changes all history. One particular place in the world, but it changes all the world, it's for everybody. One particular tiny baby who changes everything the king savior. The thing that makes this different from gloopy Disneyland is that it's tied to reality. It's tied to real time and a real place and it's not make believe. Good news that comes in a baby wrapped present. And it focuses on Jesus, doesn't it? Oh, one person one massive, outrageous claim to be the king saviour that I need, that a bad world, a bad news world needs. So many people visit church at Christmas. Huge proportion of the British population will be singing carols, hearing about Jesus, a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And then carefully consigning him back to the Christmas box, along with the baubles and last year's Christmas cards. Thanks for the good news. Now back to the bad news. Where was I? Here is good news for a bad news year. When did you read more about this Jesus? You could take this little book away and read it. It's an eyewitness account of what he did and said. When did you talk to the friend who brought you today? If somebody invited you. Rather than saying, what are you doing for Christmas? Ask them. When did Christmas become good news for you? How, how did that happen? And you'll also see there's a little bit of paper that you were given, uh, which talks about a, a three-week course that's run here called Christianity Explore, which is a good way of finding out more about why Christmas is good news, why the outrageous claims that come from this feeding trough change everything. Well, that brings us to our last carol today. And you'll see it is all about the Saviour King. Let's stand and sing. <laughs>